Hello. Welcome to the Purposeful Parenting Podcast. I'm Harriet Rowe, wife and mother of four adult children, three girls and one boy, all graduates of the United States Military Academy at West Point. Grab a cup of tea or coffee, get cozy, and take in your weekly dose of Purposeful Parenting. Here we go. Last week, we took a look at the love language, physical touch. This week, we're going to take a look at the love language, words of affirmation. Believe it or not, the way we talk to our children will become their inner voices. Our communication is going to include not just the words we say, but the tone of voice, our facial expressions, and our physical closeness to the child. The tone of voice will be remembered by that child longer than the words will. Ephesians 4.29 states that, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. We want to make sure that the words that our children hear coming out of our mouths are certainly giving them grace, showing grace. Our words can hurt children, and for the child whose love language is words of affirmation, it can be devastating if you use the wrong words and the wrong words at the, at the wrong time. The wrong words can scar a child emotionally, it can shatter a child's self-image, and in fact, it can turn a child into an emotional cripple, and it can take a long time to heal. Parents, your child is not who you th- he thinks he is. Your child is who he thinks you think he is. Let me say that again. Your child is not who he thinks he is. Your child is who he thinks you think he is. So your words will communicate to him who you think he is. You may be thinking that you would never say anything that could hurt your child, and you're right, but sometimes we do and say things that uh, do harm, especially if it's repeated over and over again. So let's take a look at some of these things, and remember, if your child's love language is words of affirmation, then these things will be increased for him or her. As I mentioned before, your tone, words, and facial expression, as well as your body language, is going to be very important as you speak to your child. Proverbs 15, 1 through 2, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise commends knowledge, but the mouths of fools pour out folly. So once again, you want to watch the tone you use with your child. Don't be mean. Don't be harsh. You want to be comforting and loving. And I know that sometimes when we're busy and there's a lot of things that's going on and your child continues to come up and comes across as though he or she is whining, we can say things that we don't mean. 
So a lot of times it's best just to stop in the moment rather than verbalizing something that can harm the child. Frowning versus smiling. Up, getting up in their face versus gently hugging them when you're talking to them. All of those things can make a big difference. Also, you want to avoid comparing your child with anybody. Psalms 139.14 says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. So if we are fearfully and wonderfully made, why should we compare anybody and especially our children? Unfortunately, we can do this not even knowing that we're doing it. You might say something like, why can't you be like Johnny? Or why can't you do this the way your sister does? Those are not things you want to do. Let me give you an example. When I was about 12 years old, my mom asked me to go to the store. And she gave me a list of about five things that she wanted me to pick up. Well, lo and behold, I went to the store, came back, and gave her the merchandise that she wanted me to pick up, and instead of five things, I had four, and my mom said to me, well, next time I'll send Dan. He'll remember. Well, she didn't mean to hurt me, but you can imagine what an impression that made on me, because even to this day... I remember that, and I remember and feel what I felt when that happened. So needless to say, for me, that put in my mind that I would never, ever compare my children to each other. And I think if you would ask them to this day, they'll say, you're right, you never compared us to anyone. So parents, don't compare your children because that can be very detrimental. Also, you don't want to accuse them of anything. Now, even if you know your child is not telling you the truth, whatever you do, do not call them a liar. Do not tell them that they're not telling the truth. The best thing to do is to sit down with your child, state the facts, set the consequences, And what I would do with our kids, I always told them from the very beginning, if you always tell me the truth, I will always stick up for you. But if you lie to me, then I can't because no one will believe me or believe you. This was something that we, my husband and I, would tell our children repeatedly, and they knew that if we told, they always told us the truth, we were going to stand by them no matter what. Proverbs ten nineteen states, When words are many, transgression is not lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. So don't accuse your child. Just sit, talk, and find out what's going on. Ephesians four fifteen, Rather speaking the truth in love, We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. Teach your child to speak the truth. And when you know they're not speaking the truth, 
sit down, talk to them, and explain what the consequences will be if they're not telling the truth and letting them know that you'll always stand by them when they tell the truth. Don't say things that you can't back up. Now, here's another example of this one. Our daughter, Allison, was sitting in the car seat. She was only our, chi- our only child at this point. And we were driving down the road, and she had this habit of trying to get out of her car seat. I looked up in the mirror, and I could see that she was messing around and fiddling and trying to get out. And I said to her, I said, Allison, if you get out of that seat, I'm going to pull over and I'm going to spank you. Allison looked to the left. She looked to the right. And she said to me, there's nowhere you can pull over. Well, you see, I had said something to her that I couldn't back up. Proverbs 17, 28 Even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is deemed intelligent. The best thing for me to have done at that point in time would have been to just not say anything except, Allison, leave that alone. Don't unbuckle. And a lot of times parents will say things like, listen, if you don't stop this, then I'm going to send you someplace else. Don't do that. Don't do anything that um, you can't back up. And don't ask your child a question and tell them, I don't want to hear it. Or tell them, you just stop. I don't care. First of all, I don't care can cut them to the core. Because it's like taking away their, uh, your affection from them. But whatever you do, hold back. If you know the answer, there's no reason to ask your child. Just repeat what you want them to know. Don't demean them by saying things like, you can't do anything right. Now, that was stupid. These things can tear down a child. You should let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you should answer each person, and that includes your child. That's from Colossians 4.6. Don't do anything to demean your child. You should always build them up. Remember, your child is not who he thinks he is. Your child is who he thinks you think he is. So don't demean him or her. Don't minimize what your child feels. If your child comes to you and he tells you, that Johnny said he isn't going to be his friend anymore, don't say, well, you have a lot of other friends. Don't worry about Johnny. The best thing for you to do at that point in time is to say, you know, let's listen and talk to Johnny and see what's going on. Or just sit with your son or your daughter and say, why do you think Johnny doesn't want to be your friend? Whatever you do, you want to listen and you want to let your child talk. Proverbs 16.24 tells us, Gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. 
So if you listen and you give your child these gracious words, he or she will remember that. Don't throw your hands up in the air and say, hey, I'm done. I can't handle this anymore. Now, I know that there are times when we can be so frustrated and wonder what in the world I'm going to do, how am I going to get through the day. The best thing, rather than saying anything, is even putting yourself in time out. I can remember there was one time, once again, this is with Allison, and we did have other children at the time. I had told her she to stop throwing a ball. And we were in the house, and she continued to throw, and she ended up breaking one of my yadro. Well, I was so angry, I knew that I couldn't say anything because it wouldn't have been the right thing. So I just told her, go sit down. And then what I did, I went to our, my room. I put myself in timeout until I got myself together because I was so angry with her that I know I could have said the wrong thing. And the wrong thing said to a child, if you throw your hands up and say, I'm done, I can't handle this anymore, this can be so hurtful, it can be scary, and it can cause wounds that may never heal. Ephesians 4.32, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. And this is so important to do this with, chi- with your child. If your child says, I don't like you, or I hate you, don't lower yourself to his level or her level. Don't come back and say, well, I'm not liking you too much right now either. Let them know that you'll never stop loving them. And let them know that you are their child and you're glad that they are your child. Remember, unconditional love. Also remember that God never turns his back on us. He loves us unconditionally, even when we don't love ourselves. So remember, don't say, I don't like you at this point in time either. And don't do anything that would make your child feel that way. Don't label your child, and don't let anyone else label your child. Some of the labels are, oh, she's really shy, or man, this child of mine is really lazy, or here's a good one, he is so bad in math, or English is really good for him, he's really great in English, but math, no, that is bad. No, don't label your child in any way. And if you hear someone who is labeling your child, make sure it's corrected on the spot. If someone says, oh, he's shy, right? Then you need to come right back and say, oh, no, he's not shy. Just and let your child hear you correcting that person. Labeling is never good. Don't let anyone label your child. The child whose primary love language needs an extra dose of all of this when it comes to the positive side. Be very careful. You want to 
always encourage each and every one of your children, regardless of their their love language. You want to in, use endearment and in fact affection. You want to use words of praise. But when you're using these, you want them to be honest. You don't want to be saying things just because. You want to make sure your affection, your words of praise are are legitimate, so to speak. A child reaps the benefits of affirming words for a lifetime. Next episode, we'll cover a few more ideas about words of affirmation. Until then, remember to parent on purpose. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Purposeful Parenting. For more tips on parenting, or if you would like to reach out, please visit me on HarrietRowe.com and follow me on Facebook, Harriet Rowe. That's Harriet with two T's. I look forward to grabbing a cup of tea or coffee with you next week. Feel free to invite a friend. Until then, this is Harriet Rowe reminding you to parent on purpose.